Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Jennifer Butler, and I'm your host. We all have a lot of thoughts and feelings around aging, and if we're being honest, most of us have some apprehension about the entire process. There's a great deal of misinformation out there, and so it can be very difficult to sift through it all and know how to keep ourselves healthy and thriving as we navigate through our lives. In addition, when experiencing a stressful life event like divorce, health and aging can become an even bigger enigma. Our guest today, Barbara Hannah Grufferman, says that it's not about embracing your age, it is about loving your age, and she is on a mission to show women how. Barbara is a leading voice for positive aging. She's an award-winning writer and speaker, a frequent guest on national television and radio shows, and travels around the country giving talks about health, fitness, sex, style, and small steps we can all take to live better, longer, happier lives. Barbara's also the author of two books, The Best of Everything After 50, The Expert's Guide to Style, Sex, Health, Money, and More, and Love Your Age, The Small Step Solution to a Better, Longer, Happier Life. Not only is she an expert, but she walks her talk and talks her walk in a way that inspires and motivates everyone she comes into contact with. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Barbara. I'm so happy to do this podcast with you and bring you to our worthy community. Oh, Jen, thanks for having me on. I love talking about positive aging and how to feel really good about yourself as you get older, whatever your age is, where you're starting and listening to this. Uh, It's so very important for men and women, but especially for women. And I know we have a lot to talk about today. Yeah, we do. And I'm excited. You know, I love doing these to just bring these conscious conversations and wisdom and information to the community. And I'm super excited today, too, because I'm turning 43 next month. So, you know, I'm aging like the rest of us, and I'm always looking for tips to continue to feel young and youthful and healthy and vibrant and all those things. So it's going to be exciting. Well, let me give you a, a, a happy birthday. Thank greeting, you. Uh, a little ahead of time. And that's, <laughs> that's very exciting. And I say enjoy every single birthday, whichever one it is. And yeah. I hope that you celebrate the whole month, the whole week, or whatever, however you do, and have a great time doing it. Because there is so much to celebrate with each year. And that's something that I really like to encourage women to remember, you know, never, never, never hide your age. I say, embrace your age, whatever it is, and uh, just have fun and just like be the best you can be whatever age you are. And that's, that's my, my motto. In fact, my real motto, and I love to end talks with it. I write it a lot is a very simple mantra. And I tell it to myself a lot, almost every day. And I really encourage everyone else to, uh, to maybe take this on as their own mantra too. And it's this, you can't control getting older, right? Right. But we can control how we do it. And to me, life is a series of choices. That's how I've decided to look at life every single day, day in and day out all day long. You make little choices like, okay, should I eat the granola cereal today for breakfast or the yogurt, or should I have that egg McMuffin? (laughs) Little choice, but with, you know, kind of some meaningful uh, results, uh, depending on how often you do that egg McMuffin. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
uh, you know, big choices. Like, do I stay in that marriage? Do I move on? Do I recommit myself? Do I change jobs? Do I start that company? You know, and everything in between. And that really is what life is. And so the more mindful we are and the more conscious we make our decisions and thoughtful we are and not, and thinking not only about how will that little choice and the decision I just made make me feel right now, but what kind of an impact will it have on me and maybe even those in my universe, Mm -hmm. in my circle, in my world down the road. I love that you're talking about choice because, you know, even in the work that I do, I think that is the cornerstone of everything is that we are in conscious choice. Every moment we get to choose no matter what we're talking about. And I love that that's what you bring, you know, and that's kind of the cornerstone of what you talk about. Absolutely. And I really feel that life can be so overwhelming sometimes. We're all busy. Yeah. Many of us, not all, many of us have partners in our lives, spouses and the like, maybe children, uh, hopefully some career and uh, community involvement, friends. I mean, a full, rich life. That's what I hope for everyone and especially women. And, uh, you know, life can get very hectic and overwhelming. Then when you start thinking about, all the things that we should, could be doing for ourselves to make ourselves maybe fitter or healthier, uh, you know, focusing on on our overall health and well-being, it can get overwhelming. And you sometimes want to put that proverbial blanket over your head Mm. and say, you know, this is just too much for me. Now, that kind of is where I was when I turned 50, which is about when I entered this whole space of, of positive aging and what I call successful aging. That's what I focus on. That's what I guide women to think about. Um, and that's pretty much what I do. And I also like to point out, this is my third full career. I had two very full careers before this in different industry sectors. And this one to me is my most important and the, the most enjoyable one so far. I've written a couple of books, as you pointed out. And uh, in fact, my last book, Love Your Age, which came out last year, does focus on making those choices and, and embracing healthy habits in small steps, because I do recognize that life can be overwhelming. So anyway, there I was when I uh, turned 50. I was just about to turn 50, actually, had gone through menopause. So I was then officially post-menopausal, but recently post-menopausal. Mm-hmm. And had put on a few postmenopausal pounds and, you know, was feeling what I like to call the umpies. I always got to laugh about that, like, you know, kind of grumpy and lumpy, yeah. a little frumpy. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and, uh, right? The umpies. And so common, Jen, so common. I, I'm not, you know, anything special. So many women I know go through these same emotions and feelings about their bodies, about their futures. And, so anyway, there I was kind of experiencing what so many of us do and uh, was about to put that proverbial blanket over my head and stay there forever. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was walking my dog and fell. I don't even know what I fell on. I just kind of tripped on my own two feet and uh, ended up breaking my wrist. Mm. So I went to the ER with a, you know, got bandaged up and got sent away. Uh, nothing about, gee, are you postmenopausal? Gee, have you ever had a bone density test and, and all of that? Nothing at all. 
A few months later, I went to my doctor for my annual physical and told him what happened. He said, what? You should not have broken your wrist. That was a short, you know, fall. So the point is, I went from my first bone density test and it showed that I was, in fact, uh, low bone density. And so it was really when all these things were happening to me, when I said, I I, I did not know that. What does this mean? What is the future then if I have low bone density? What can I do to fix this? Then I started asking myself all these other questions about aging and about moving forward in my life uh, from everything you can think of, the health, the wellness, possible illnesses that could confront me. Uh, you know, greater risk now that I'm older, but also things like my hair and my makeup and Mm. my clothes, because I still wear jeans now that I was, you know. And so all of these questions, and that's when I decided to write my first book, The Best of Everything After 50. It was a guide for me. And I went and I interviewed some of the, you know, really well-known people like Diane von Furstenberg on styles, some well-known doctors about other aspects of health and wellness and the like. And I used their tips and guidance and to really great result. I got stronger. I started running. I'm, I'm actually wow. running my seventh New York City Marathon. Oh, my gosh. In two weeks, yeah. My seventh, all since turning 50. So it's never too late. It's never I'm not too saying late. everybody should run a marathon. No, no, no. But I am saying that find the way where you can move your body and you know you can stick to it. And it brings you joy and happiness and makes you feel good. I mean, that's what everybody should be able to do, whatever it is, you know, tennis, golf. I mean, running happens to be my passion. Right. So that's how I started in this world of positive aging, healthy aging, successful aging. And there, there are so many things we could talk about. Yeah, it. I mean, your story is so inspirational. Thank you. Really, thank you. But it's also how we feel about how we look, how we present ourselves to the world. See, I believe in embracing your age. And, you know, really, what does that mean? That means that, you know, you're, if you're 65, you're 65. I mean, don't, I'm not saying you shouldn't try to look fabulous. Everybody should want to look fabulous. It's not mutually exclusive. Embracing your age doesn't mean letting yourself go. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, like I said, your story is so inspirational. And I think it's so relatable because you're not telling us this as somebody who kind of has, you know, worked out from the day she, you know, was 20 and has been nothing but healthy and hasn't had to overcome any sort of health obstacles you have. And now, I mean, that's amazing. Like now you're running marathons and, and so you can hear the vibrancy, right? I can hear the energy. I can feel it. Right. So, you know, that's, what's so inspiring. And I think there's probably a lot of women listening who might find themselves where you found yourself, you know, not feeling their best, maybe feeling Uh, you know, weaker than they may have in the past or having suffered a broken bone or something like that. So where does, where do they start? You have to start where you are. You have to start where you are. You can't look back and say, I want to start like when, yeah, at the point when I was 30. No, where are you right now in your Mm -hmm. life? Where are you physically? 
what is your strength level, your endurance level? I mean, if, that, if we're talking about fitness now, um, you have to start where you are and then create a plan for yourself. I tend to be more of a self-starter, which is why I don't personally like going to you know exercise classes. I like to do things on my own. I, I like to be self-taught as much as possible, but that's just me. Mm-hmm. That's me. And that's where I started. But you have to think about what's going to motivate you to get out there and move your body. What's going to keep you moving your body, for example. And I have to say, I do tend to bring up moving your body over and over and over again when I'm talking about these things, even if the discussion is about style and and skincare, which I often talk about too, because I truly believe all of that is icing on the cake. Mm. And the most important thing, like the very foundation of building a life of successful and positive and healthy aging starts with moving your body and of course eating well. But I think that all comes with me. Once I started to run as a way to keep my bones strong, my, you know, my lower half, if you will, I do push-ups too, but my, keep my bones strong, keep, you know, get my weight off, which I did. I've maintained my weight all these years because just from this simple habit that I've embraced But from there, one healthy habit, I write about this a lot and certainly wrote about it in my last book, one healthy habit begets another, then begets another. Uh, Like I started running and then I, well, I wanted to eat better because I wanted to fuel my body better. And then because I was moving more, I was sleeping better. And by the way, sleeping is one of the three pillars of overall health and wellness. Absolutely, positively. We know so much more now about the importance of sleep than mm-hmm. we did, you know, when my first book came out. Yeah. With my first book, I absolutely referenced it. My second book, there's a whole chapter devoted to it. That's how important it is. So you see what I'm saying? So yeah. one healthy habit turned into another healthy habit. And I, um, you know, <laughs> this is one chapter. I th- it's actually the the conclusion of my last book, or I said, you know, it's a it's a reference to Lord of the Rings. Or, you know, one ring to rule them all. Like yeah. I'm a real fan, <laughs> but it's called one habit to rule them all. And in my case, my one habit that ended up ruling everything was embracing running. You know, I'm thinking about it as you're saying it, and I've never thought about it in this way, right? Like I do know that, you know, we change one habit. It really does have a ripple effect to other areas of our lives and other habits in our life. But I've never thought about the power of one choice, one action, you know, one habit. And I think you're right with movement because when, like you said, when you were moving, that's the motivation to eat better. You sleep better. Like it's just such an, a really powerful starter. It really, really is. And you know, the thing about moving, I, I can, again, I can only speak uh, from my vantage point as a runner, regular runner now. Um, I feel sometimes, of course, there are days I say, oh, I'm going to hit the snooze button. But it's so much better when I don't. Because yeah. I actually feel good immediately while I'm doing it. And immediately after I feel so accomplished, I've got that little rosy glow on my cheeks. Mm -hmm. You know, you feel like, okay, you're walking straight. Like you did something really good for yourself. 
it's a, that's a great feeling. But then there's also that long-term benefit. You get the short-term and you get the long-term. And that's true of any kind of exercise. And I do like to avoid the word exercise because that's always like, oh, it's exercise. It sounds yeah. you know, onerous. Whereas moving your body is really that. We just as a society don't move our bodies enough. You know, I mean, just like going from A to B. Yeah. You know, we'll take the car. We'll park as close to the entrance to Target as we can, you know. Well, and now we'll like order food to be delivered. And so we don't even really have to leave our couch. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like a whole different thing. And of course, I know this is not the topic at all of this conversation, but for those of you out there listening, and if you have kids, I really encourage you to think about limiting the, you know, I'm a, I'm a techie person up the gazoo. I love tech and everything about it, but limiting their, their time with the the screen time, because this generation of kids is facing, and I don't mean your individual kids, everyone, but generally speaking, are facing some very big health, health issues down the road as adults, because they are moving so much less. generation. So this is just like something I want to tuck into your minds out there. Uh, You know, everybody should move more. No question. I think we all can as a society and, uh, and certainly our children should be encouraged to do so as well. You know, what a great way to get yourself moving, right? Like if this is, you know, something you haven't been doing in the past, what a great way to kind of get your kids going with you. You know, that's a wonderful, you know, you said, you know, find your reason. I always say find your why, right? So that's a great why. Get your whole family up and moving for the sake of all your health. Yeah. Now I have two daughters. One is 25, one's 21. My youngest is a senior in uh, college. She goes to school in Scotland, Mm. graduating uh, in June. And she has embraced this a thousand percent and and even has way surpassed me in in, like doing strength training and all kinds of like classes like that. But she's now a cross country runner, but she also ran her first marathon last January and uh, yeah, to celebrate her 21st birthday. So she's definitely embraced it. She has seen uh, me. Uh, I really am very proud to be a good role model for my two daughters. And they also both focus on their bone health because they understand that the stronger their bones are now, yeah. as they go on in life, and when they eventually, years down the road, get to menopause, their bones will be more prepared for the onslaught, and it is everybody, for those of you who have not gone through menopause, it is an onslaught to our bodies, head to toe, inside and out, of the decrease in estrogen, which creates all kinds of havoc, including, you know, chronic, not just temporary like um, hot flashes. Those Mm -hmm. are temporary. You'll get through it even if it's horrible. They will subside. But you know what? Your bones will get thinner and weaker. They do. And your heart will be kind of, I don't want to say compromised, but there are things that happen to us as a direct result. Yeah. And it's only 100 years ago, this wasn't an issue because we weren't living long enough to really worry about menopause and the effects on our bodies, you know, chronically speaking. Mm-hmm. But that's no longer the case, is it? We're living no, longer. We're living longer. And in fact, 
most of you listening in right now, including us right here, Jen, you and me, mm-hmm. we can expect to live much longer life. Therefore, more than half of your life will most likely be spent as a post-menopausal woman. And you kind of have to prepare yourself for that. Absolutely. And I, never, I didn't even think about it that way, but you're right. Like the no, longer we live. Your age, don't think yeah. about it because you're thinking, why should you? You're not close to being there yet. So I get that. But I would love for you and all of your peers in your age group to think about it at least because it is down the road. Let me tell you something. Every woman goes through menopause. Mm-hmm. It is 100. It is universal. Okay. Think about it that way, but personal, meaning we each experience it in a different way. Mm-hmm. And what works for me may not work for you, et cetera, et cetera. That will, once you're in it, then you talk with your doctor about what's best for you and so on. But you're still going to go through it. Yeah. Do not think you won't. You are. So get ready for it. So like you just said, you know, we all go through it, but we all have our own unique experience. That kind of has my head spinning about all the information out there about health, nutrition, wellness, diet, exercise, too much, too little. Like, how do you even begin to sift through? Because there's so many shoulds. You should be doing this. You should be doing that, right? Like at the end of the day, if you did it all, I don't think you'd get anything else done. (laughs) Oh, couldn't agree with you more. And that's why this whole, like, let's uh, simplify and uh, curate, really, the best information out there. And that that was really the purpose of my first book was exactly what you just said. When I decided, like, oh, my gosh, I want to get myself ready for turning, you know, turning 50 and going through 50, et cetera. I wanted to prepare myself. So, of course, I went online and started researching. Okay, eat more protein, eat less protein, da, 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 da. So confusing that you just want to again get out that blanket and put it over yeah your exactly and that's what made me decide to go to some really great experts and kind of use their plan and distill 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 but even that even what i propose in my books i still say when it's kind of medical health related i'm a big believer in personalized approaches and, I, and, and that's even true of exercise, like always get the green light from your doctor, make sure this is the right thing for you. And I do believe in forming a partnership with your main doctor, whether it's an internist or your OBGYN, whoever that person might be, and you know have a plan in place. Mm. That's why when I fell and broke my wrist and then went to my doctor and he said, all right, we have to have a plan, it kind of became my master plan, not just my bone healthy plan, you know, getting the bone dexa test, all that. And so I do believe in that. And that's where you have to really kind of um, become more personalized in what you do and how you approach it. Because like I said, what works for me may not work at all for you. And the new information is always coming out too. That's important as well. Um, Like with my second book, there was so much more information and research, recent research about brain health, about sleep, as I mentioned, about about menopause and mm-hmm. how it we now understand it, it can impact us in ways we just didn't think about before. Yeah. Because whenever we mention the word menopause, we think about hot flashes. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. hot flashes, yeah. sleepless <laughs> nights, 
mood swings I call the terrible trifecta, but it's so much bigger than that. Yeah. You know, so these are, these are the kind of things I think be educated, educate yourself, always ask questions and f- forge a good relationship with your main health. Um, healthcare provider. I, I'm a big believer in those things. I love that one. And I, I was, I'm glad you highlighted it because I was going to highlight it for, I love what you said before, form a partnership with your main doctor, whether it's your OB or your, whoever you choose, but form right. a partnership. I love that. A practitioner, by yeah, the way. Yeah. I love that. A partnership because it's your body. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, no, no. I think women today are definitely much more, no, this is my body. Yeah. Um, ask questions. Uh, in other words, self-advocacy, you're your own best advocate and that's, uh, and that starts directly, but also at the same time, the nature of healthcare today with insurance, you get like such a short amount of time with your doctor. We get that. That's why it is up to each and every one of us to go in there. If you get an annual or however, you know, whatever your plan is that you have questions and you ask them. And if you don't understand something or if you don't, if you don't agree, you know, so, and if you, by the way, if you don't feel respected by your doctor, well, do I need to point out you should find a new new doctor? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Right. When I decided to sell my jewelry after my divorce, the most important thing to me was finding a company that I could trust and one that would also advocate for me. I found this and so much more at Worthy. Their expert staff immediately put me at ease and helped me to get the best price possible for my jewelry. Your engagement ring can be a symbol of your freedom, your journey, and the choices you have made to live your life on your terms and create the future you desire. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. So let's kind of zone in a little bit on, you know, women who specifically are going through like a big trauma in their life, whether it's a divorce or, you know, widowhood, anything like that, and Mm. how that like challenging life event may even affect this more and then also make it become more important, even more important to focus on. Oh gosh. You know, first of all, I always like to, uh, point out that, uh, just like before in our conversation, we talked about how life is a series of, uh, choices that we make small ones, big ones, everything in between. I think we've established. Yes. We both agree. That's Mm -hmm. true. Yeah. And then life I feel, especially life over 40, over 45, changes. I mean, I think that's really the operative word. Choices is still huge, of course, but it's a series of changes. I think we need to just embrace the idea that changes will happen. And they're going to be big ones, too, because people in your life are getting older. You might have aging parents like I do, my mother. I have a whole long story there, which I won't get into, but you know, it's a reality of a lot of people's lives Mm -hmm. as they move on into their forties, certainly into their fifties. Kids grow up and leave. There's a whole empty nester syndrome or people like I do. I mean, I'm not quite an empty nester yet (laughs) because my youngest is a senior, I don't know yet what her plans are when she graduates. She may be back here. I'm actually hoping she is. It can go many different ways. And that's a big life change. 
If because if part of you who you how you view yourself and how you presented yourself to the world, a big part of it was being a mother. Uh, you know, that's going to be a big shift that could be traumatic. Actually. Yeah. Trauma. It could be traumatic. So, um, and certainly career job. I mean, we know that sometimes people when they're getting older, uh, you know, may have some issues with ageism. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that. Uh, and certainly, certainly we know the statistics about people who are, you know, divorcing yeah. or are single, uh, for reasons that are, you know, possibly, uh, their, their choice. In fact, we, studies have shown that women are really often the instigator of divorces and separations. And another incredible statistic, which I use a lot when talking about this from AARP, and this is specifically about people over 50, not just women, men and women over 50, is that, um, the majority of them, over half of people over 50 are single. Now, mm-hmm. that's either because of you know widowhood or divorce or they've just never been married. So by right. choice or circumstance. So it's, it's huge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> These changes are huge and life-changing. People's finances change mm-hmm. when they are single, uh, whether, you know, divorced or what have you, it, 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 it just creates all of these different, um, it's like a, you know, when you throw a pebble in the water, you see the circle, circle, get bigger yeah, and bigger and bigger. Yeah. So what, what do you do? Okay. So first you have to accept, embrace the idea that life after I think 45 is change. That's mm-hmm. the theme word change. Embrace that idea. Then, again, I go back to what I said before about what's the foundation here. It is your health and well-being. It is doing what's right for you physically and emotionally, including also meditation if you have the time. And it can be micro-meditation, by the way. It doesn't have to be an hour. It can be 10 minutes when you're sitting on the subway or the bus. Mm. Nobody knows you're doing it. Sit there, legs, you know, eyes shut if you can. Nobody knows. I meditate in a way when I'm running. Yeah, uh, there are different ways to do that. We we know how important these things are to our o- overall health and well being for managing stress, mm-hmm. eating well, moving your body, getting enough sleep. If you don't do these things for yourself, if you don't give yourself self care and advocate for yourself and what your needs are, and if you continue to put everyone else's needs ahead of your own, as we often do, you're not setting yourself up for success in either aging, uh, you know, moving ahead, or in dealing with the challenge that's in front of you, whether it's you know loss of a spouse or divorce or job or whatever it is. So it's essential. And you know, maybe... I listen to myself sometimes. I reread things I've written sometimes. I say, gee, am I being a little too simplistic here? And then I, and, you know, second guessing myself or playing devil's advocate. And I say, I answer to myself because I often talk to myself. Don't you? <laughs> yes, I do all the time, actually. I, do, right? <laughs> I say to myself, Barbara, <laughs> no, you're not. Because it's so important to distill it and bring it down to what's truly important. Because that is what is going to allow you to be strong enough to be ready for whatever change is coming your way. 
Yeah, you know, I love that. And I love I love the way you said it about halfway through about setting yourself up for success. And if you don't do these things, like that's so powerful. If you don't do these things, you're not setting yourself up for success in whether it's aging or if you're going through a divorce, if you're facing an illness, whatever that is, you're not setting yourself up for success. No. And one more thing I want to point out too, I'm not a psychiatrist or psychologist or anything like that. Um, not at all. I would also propose, I think a very important aspect of health and well-being is, uh, you know, your emotional state, mm-hmm. uh, emotional, mental, uh, well-being. And I'm a big believer if you are going through something and if you're not a regular goer to, you know, a, a psychiatrist or, you know, or therapy, I would highly recommend that you do it like on a, you know, a, a one-off, if you will, uh, like a situational visit to a therapist. And, you know, they have tele, teletherapy now, which is very successful. Mm-hmm. There are wonderful studies about it. If you just need help to talk through trauma that's in your life or big change that could cause trauma in your life, as opposed to leaning on your girlfriends, who are very important to us, as we all know, um, or other family members and the like. I, I just want to kind of stick yeah. that in. I'm a proponent of it. I'm all in favor. I've seen many cases of women that I know who were going through, and they just felt too like, even no matter how much they moved their bodies and ate well and everything, it just they needed a little more than that. And this. Uh, you know, kind of temporary, if you will, uh, therapy will really help them. Yeah, you know, and I think there's something to be said about that, because, you know, any sort of trauma, if we don't process it, if we can't successfully move it through, our, it stays in our bodies, you know, it, it manifests somewhere within us. No question about it. Absolutely. So, Gosh, we're at our end of our time here. Um, I guess let's leave our audience with like, what are your like top three tips? Yeah, I mean, I think they probably already know what my number one is going to be. Move, 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 move. (laughs) It makes you feel good, everyone. And uh, it it really does. Yeah, it does. Uh, Move your body, eat well, sleep, meditate, or do whatever works for you to manage your stress. And please, everyone, don't think that, oh, as I get older, like stress is going to go, oh, my kids are going to move out, college is over. Now things will get a little you know, easier. No, it's change. It just changes. (laughs) It changes. That's all. And be prepared for that. And probably my number one tip, which is really the foundation of all of this is to embrace your age. Mm -hmm. Embrace it. Embrace it. Embrace it and love it. Yeah. Love where you are. I love that. Oh, gosh, you're amazing. Amazing, amazing. How can our listeners follow up with you after? Oh, thank you. I have a website. Uh, my name is long, but I'm, I'm sorry. www.barbarahannagrufferman, <laughs> <laughs> exactly as it sounds. But I'm also on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, all Barbara Hannah Grufferman. But Twitter, B Grufferman. Kept that one simple. Oh, nice. <laughs> and we'll have that all in the show notes as well. So you guys will be able to find that. Well, thank you so, so much. I know that I took a bunch of notes. I imagine our listeners took a bunch of notes. And I am very grateful that you shared your time with us here today. Thank you so much, Jen, for having me. I really enjoyed this conversation. 
Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle in your weekly feed. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. This podcast is for you, so email us at podcast at worthy.com with any questions or ideas that you may have. We look forward to hearing from you.